0: Hello, this is Stuart Goldsmith from the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Welcome to South by Southwest Comedy. Remember, during the show, there is no recording of any kind. Please silence your cell phone or electronic device or electronic devices and no talking during the performance. Check out sxsw.com comedy for the full schedule and tag your social media posts with hashtag sxswcomedy. All one word. Of course it is. It's a hashtag.
1: from a dipshit Advice from a dipshit Advice
2: from a dipshit. It's Advice from a Dipshit With Matt Fronger. Woo! That is my theme song. That is Advice from a Dipshit theme song. Thank you so much, South by Southwest, for coming hey. out and being with us. This is fantastic. Our first live show! Our
3: first live show! <laughs> <laughs>
4: whoop
2: whoop. Uh, Queen you. Amanda is to my right, the, uh, the commandant. Uh, let's have a hand for, well. for the lady. Uh, I am uh, King Dipshit Supreme, Matt Bronger. <laughs> and uh, to my left, Open Mike Eagle and Baron Vaughn are joining hey. us today. Uh, who, who here knows what the podcast is? Whoa! Yes, one person. Hey. Yes,
4: we did it. One
2: fan. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, basically, this is Advice from a Dipshit with Matt Bronger. Uh, I am uh, the, the titular dipshit. Basically, uh, myself and our and my guests and uh, my partner here, Amanda, uh, my, my friend partner. Producer partner. Yeah. We... Uh, we delve into the depths of our own dipshittery to give other people advice. Basically, people call in and leave messages asking for advice anonymously. And then uh, Amanda calls through them and chooses her favorites based on the guests, based on me, and uh, myself and the guests listen to them unheard. So we don't know what's coming, and neither do you. But uh, before we get into that, let's uh, let's say hi to our guests. Um, Open Mike and I go back a few years. How are you, Mike? I'm good. How are you? Do you go by Open?
1: I go by uh, all three of my names. Okay, great. <laughs> so Eagle, mm-hmm. um,
3: <laughs>
1: that counts. Thank you, good, good. Um,
3: Don't serial killers go by three names?
5: Some, some. <laughs> and and black men who are leads in Broadway shows.
3: Hey. Yeah. I like how your
5: whole it's just like the small version of Freddie
1: Mercury. You got yeah, I'm, there. I'm making my body functional. That's good. good. <laughs> right on the perch.
2: Uh, what, one thing I love about Mike is that um, uh, he has a, a, a wonderful wife who basically told him to follow his dreams. That's one of the themes of this show where uh, we get a lot of people calling in going like, oh, I I have a family so, to support. Should I go for what I want to do, what I love to do, or should I just stick with the support? And generally, more often than not, we usually tell them to risk it. You yeah, know?
3: yeah, we tell them to go for and it. And
2: I, I love that your wife was just like, do it. So. Can you talk about that for a
3: second? Or? Yeah, she
1: knew I was miserable when I wasn't doing it. Okay. She, she was like, "Just do it, so you won't be sad." Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was better at home when I'm doing what I want to do. That's yeah, I mean, point. I feel like
2: that's 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 a better parent. Yeah. You know? That's that's not because this is
1: before kids. kids. <laughs> she had to know I could handle. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nothing's gonna happen. Oh no. <laughs> Pregnancy test. Oh. Actually, give up your dreams, Mike. Would you? <laughs> Uh, you guys have, have a show, which uh, the name of which neither Amanda nor I can say out sure loud. Sure, you can. We encourage it. It's called the New Negroes. Yeah. Uh, I just saw about five white faces go, just wince a little yeah. bit. No, no. That's no. who needs we, to we, say we, it. isn't? Yeah. Who, <laughs> who came up with the name? Uh, that's me. Um,
5: I this name has been around for a long time. It's a it's an established term, right? So we didn't make it up. It comes from, it became popular in the 1920s. There was a book that was called The New Negroes, like an anthology of basically all the voices that became the brand names of literature in the Harlem Renaissance. Mm. So it's like Langston Hughes, Ornel Hurston, Claude McKay, County Cullen, like all these different uh, amazing writers. There's, so there's short stories, songs, poetry, and essays in the book. Okay. It's an anthology of who the voices were at that time that were kind of you know talking about what they were experiencing. So I decided, let's do that. But dick jokes. With dick jokes. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like so that.
2: I like that hard left turn. That's uh, <laughs> exactly a Tokyo drift style left <laughs> turn. It was a very, a very
5: important. And
3: then at
4: that the needed end needed we have Dicks. Baron Vaughn. We didn't
5: introduce mm-hmm. him.
3: Yes, and Baron oh yes, I'm oh, oh. Baron Vaughn. So they
2: are at the end. Uh, Bar- Baron Vaughn. Uh, the oh, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <It's> nice. Applause. 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 Baron Vaughn is a classically trained actor. Yeah. And hell of a singer. He hey, thanks I, a lot. I appreciate that. There's a show in Los Angeles called uh, Guilty Treasures, where comedians will sing songs that they're um, a little ashamed of loving, and uh, Baron and I did a dynamite rendition of Girl, You Know It's True. And
5: you, yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Millie
2: Vanilli. Yeah. Um,
5: so many Grammys. Yeah. People forgot. They got a lot. They, had, they, they won a lot that, of Grammys. It's
2: one of those things where, yeah, it was scandalous because they didn't really sing, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, they won so many Grammys, and I, they were German, and one of them said, right on <laughs> Ja volt, uh, one of them uh, uh, said on record, <laughs> and granted, he's very young, he's like, musically, we are way better than any Bob Dylans. Yes. Than any Bob Dylans that exist out I mean, there in, in any universe. Well, there's
5: five, there's two Bob Dylans, before and after Electric. Who's with yeah, me? Come on. All right. okay. I true. mean, historically.
2: <laughs> that's true. It's true. Uh, so you're both you're both very uh, uh, musically bent, I would say. You both uh, you're very animated on stage. Uh, definitely put on a show. The show last night. Did anyone catch the new Negro show last night? Nobody. Not even the two uh, black people in it here. Was, yes. you, the rest <laughs> of you missed. It was so goddamn good. It was insane. It was one of those things where I was not only laughing, I was stunned at how good uh, some comedians are out there. Where I'm backstage, like, I'm a <laughs> <laughs> I get hood. I gotta practice. You know, I felt like you know, like a like a like an older athlete just watching people just dunk so hard and I'm just like <laughs> my back hurts just watching them.
5: Yeah, and mm-hmm. I feel that way on my own show. Mm-hmm. I book Comedians you, that I love, and I learned from them, and then I go, well, I guess I should quit. Shit, I should just make a space for these people to continue to be better than me. Yeah, and that's what the whole point of the New Negroes actually is. And
2: and I remember I, when I first started out in comedy, there were a lot of big names that were taking comedians out on the road that were pretty green. They weren't really good, mm-hmm. and they wanted to. They wanted that person to kind of flounder, and then they could come out on stage like a savior, you know, like ah, <sighs> someone's good, and oh, all yeah. of a sudden it's like waving keys in front of a baby. Like anything you do is Great. It's great, yeah. But uh like I, I feel like that era's done. Now we have every comedian that's good is taking out just killers, you know. And I yes. think that's that's the only way you get good. Yes. Like, do you do you have a musical acts that open for you, Mike?
1: Yes. Okay. And I'm intimidated by them regularly. <laughs> yeah. Good.
5: Yeah. And Mike is actually uh gonna be opening for somebody here at South by Southwest.
1: Oh shit. I'm opening for Daylight Soul on Wednesday. What the
5: fuck? Yeah, yeah. that's
4: right. Oh my that's god. Nice. I just I got chills. That.
5: Yeah, I forgot. I'm really
4: excited about it. Dude. <laughs>
5: <laughs> He's so excited he forgot about it. You see, the stress chemical is called cortisol, and it messes with your memory.
2: It does. That and marijuana. Yeah. Um, uh, I, uh, definitely, on, definitely in Austin. Austin. <laughs> what? Def- Someone stoned. Um, in Austin of places. What? In Cowboy Portland? <laughs> Guys.
3: I know you threw that on me earlier. I loved calling
2: it that. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'm from Portland. It's pretty it's, uh, good. Oh, I just, <laughs> like, I just did a Def Jam It's better laugh. than that. Um, Three Feet High and Rising as an album, I feel like, was the ultimate example of the best thing you can be as yourself. Yeah. Because it was such against the grain, and it gets a lot of credit. And I feel like sometimes not enough. Because in that era of NWA and all these like really hardcore bands, they were so hardcore. But just the cover itself is just neon. Neon pink and yellow. They flowers. flowers on them. Flowers.
1: Other people had guns and they had flowers. They had flowers. <laughs> that's yeah. a statement. Yeah. yeah. And they, I, I mean, I, I still feel like all their albums are, are incredibly listenable. Like, pretty much all of them. It's good stuff. But that's also why you can't hear a lot of their albums, because they did a lot of sampling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And got in a lot of legal trouble. Mm-hmm. And so they have a big deal with the record label these days where they're trying to reissue stuff and they haven't cleared it. It's a it's a whole big old mess that right. is very reflective The whole Tommy of Boy
2: thing. Of how wonderful the music yeah. industry is. Right. There's the Jesuit would
1: say Tommy ate my motherfucking
2: boy. That's right. Um, what's going on with you, Amanda? I've been talking <laughs> to fellas over here. What's what's happening over here on Ladyside?
3: I mean, this is my this this is my first ever live performance in front of people. Oh I'm, I'm, yeah. Let's I'm, have a hand for Amanda. Gonna, uh, first time uh, yeah. in a while. Yeah, I'm I'm on the um I'm on the path of just happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> That's like me right now. Mm-hmm. So this is I mean, this is so dope yeah. uh, to just sit here and kinda like watch you Titans for a minute and be like, okay. <laughs> and then when I have my little gems, I'll sh- stab them in here. There you go.
2: <laughs> Great thing about it, uh, gems are for stabbing she's kind of the one who spearheaded the whole show, the whole podcast. And also, every time I bring a guest on, comedians, I'm friends with musicians, what have you, she learns who they are. So she becomes fans of all these uh, these different people and kind of gets her worldview expanded. And she... Is involved in all this other, all these other worlds. All like these
3: other worlds music, now too. Magicians, yeah, yeah. Magician. things like that.
2: Just things I'm learning about. That's
3: because there's magicians in the crowd. That's what you're saying. Yeah, right I'm, now. Pandering. Uh, I'm pandering. I'm <laughs> pandering hard. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, and via this too, I'm now um, the creative producer for Reggie Watts with Reggie go. Watts nice. Show. There Very cool. So that's very really cool and cool. coming yep. out soon. I have a nice. question
1: though. Are, are there really a lot of magicians here? I'm very interested in yeah, that. Yeah, there should be two. There's magicians here. Be, there or are there?
3: Well, cause, Wait, now there's six. Well, yeah. No, well, I mean, and on our podcast too, we've had like two magician guests because it's a, it's like a subculture. I'm a, quite a big fan of. Mm-hmm. So, um, like the one time I properly kind of fangirled was we had my favorite magician, Rob Zabrecky, on, and then after he left, I kind of did like this little. <laughs> I, was like, I was so proud of myself. She's been so excited all
2: day. She d- has these like, spasms of oh, excitement yeah. like, yeah, we're going to do the show. Yeah, live. man,
3: I'll be walking and, and I'll keep be thinking yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, like, will go to catch she, me. Like, Her
2: knee just go out, which <laughs> yeah, is happened.
3: Yeah, kind of. You know. just like throw a in little... a kids
5: incorporated out of nowhere? Pretty, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Okay. Right. Yes. <laughs>
2: kids 80s? No one. Okay. Aged uh, ourselves, great. And just FYI, at the end of the show, we're going to do, uh, I won't even say a Q&A, but uh, there's going to be advice, mic going around. So anything that's on your mind, we take uh, uh, serious yeah, well, inquiries. Yeah. Everything's treated sincerely. Uh, we might fuck with you a little bit, but <laughs> generally speaking, you know, it's it's... Yeah. We Amanda calls out all the calls that are like, d- yes, I'm, I'm do. doing a character. Yeah, get,
3: people who yeah, who try gotta, to like be funny and do a voice. Long as long as it's an
2: actual inquiry about something you can do better or or, or whatever. yeah, I, the point of this is we're not Doctor Drew.
3: No, we're not no. experts on
2: anything but our own dipshittery. And I feel <laughs> like anytime I tell people the name of the show, they're like, well, I don't think of you as a dipshit, and I'm like, well, I think everyone is. I think everyone on some level has done. Everyone here at least has. Once a day, the memory wins. where you think of something you did and you're walking, you're like, Why? Why did I say that to mom? Like, whatever it is. Yeah. And that was your dipshit moment, and, yeah. and, and that's what we draw on uh, uh, with the show. Um, so should we get into it?
3: Yeah, definitely. Should we, should we roll the first call? Definitely. What do you think, folks? Should we roll the first? I guess I roll the first call. All right.
6: Roll it. This is Tyler from outside Buffalo, New York. I'm calling because my fiance and I, uh, started dating when she was five months pregnant and, uh, her ex was completely out of the picture at the point, um, and we did keep the window open for him to sign, uh, her daughter's birth certificate, which she opted not to do because he's a real class act. But anyway, so we're over a year and a half in and getting ready to get married and, I'm going to go through the adoption process with her. But we do want to make sure that she is open to being able to reach out or know that she has a different father, but we also don't want to open her up to heartbreak and hurt. So we just aren't really sure when to start this conversation and how to really do it, because she's probably going to start asking questions soon if something comes up. And again, like... We don't want to expose her to a terrible person, but (laughs) I want to let her know that she does have a biological father, even if he's not around. But I will always be her her dad. Um, So any advice on that uh, would be great. Thank you. Uh, Love the show.
2: Way to start with a light one. (laughs) Nice (laughs) (laughs) work, (laughs) Amanda. Fuck. Hey. Ah, uh, you guys have kids. Take it. I
1: have so many questions. <laughs> that was where I went. That was where I went. Go I'm ahead, Mike. I, I just have questions. So many questions. That
2: is this the problem with the show. We, sometimes people yeah. don't. They. I feel like that guy filled in more blanks than most. Than
3: most. Oh. He did. He I've had people fill in like, I hate most. my
1: job. What should I yeah. do? Boop. Like, right, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah, man. yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <I>, um, so, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm hearing. Um, his fiance is pregnant by another person. Correct. Yes. Um, five months pregnant when they met. Was that what when it was? When started five dating. Months,
3: fr- yeah. What? Well, yeah. In the beginning, okay. she was five months pregnant with an, somebody else's baby.
2: Yeah. Okay. And on the dating scene.
3: Yeah. And yeah. he.
2: <laughs> and he and I he, mean, I'm not judging.
3: Yeah. I think Point, that's, a, that's an interesting Tinder reveal. That's, that's
4: that takes some
5: sand. That takes some like, guts. Oh, there
3: yeah. she
2: is. Hey, if you if no, there's I, any I L-word fans here, you know. I wouldn't like a drink. Bun in the oven. Can I buy you one?
1: <laughs> wine is okay. Um, I just one wine. I guess my question is. Oh yeah, what's your question? Uh, it seems that for this gentleman, mm. um, this arrangement still counts as the father being out of the picture. Yes. I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, that I, I, thought. I think his, his big, in a, in a nutshell. Let me speak as
2: someone who doesn't have a child, um, <laughs> and is therefore an expert. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think he, he is, he has his heart in the right place, and is obviously a, a mm-hmm. fucking solid cat. Like this, oh, is, a yeah. oh, yeah, this is a good guy.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but, I'm not convinced. But he's, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: but he, he. You know, I think he's thinking too far ahead, and he's thinking what this kid might want. Yeah. It's like, just wait, just give it some time. If that dad—I mean, it's the—it's their dad. Dad's job to get into the picture or out of the picture, like one of the two. And you know, th- since this guy's already already in the in the picture and is going to be, what I understand, uh, a lock for the legal dad, just you know, see what the mother thinks and then go from there. I think he's kind of speculating. I mean, I say this in the show all the time. And, you know, you can take this to the bank. What you think will happen is always worse than what really happens. Always. Because yes, yes. you always overthink it and you always are just like, what if this happens? Ah, what if a bat bites me in the face? Like every <laughs> possible option think about that. comes to your mind. Right? Yeah. Face biting like, yeah. when you're walking under right. the bridge? Absolutely. <laughs> local <laughs> reference. Yeah,
3: local but- reference, the bat bridge.
2: <laughs> oh, the sun's going down. There- what? <laughs> what? What Run!
5: <laughs> Just don't tell tourists that's yeah. gonna happen.
2: But it's you, you. You always we always overthink things, and I think this guy's just overthinking things and, and and worried about this person that's not even a person yet. What they're gonna think?
5: Definitely, I think that he he maybe feels like he already has to have an answer for yeah. this question. Yeah. But as a person who is a father and also grew up without one, mm-hmm. um, definitely this child is gonna be curious at some point. But you know, you don't have to start the conversation. Right. Yeah. The child, you know, but you have to be beat. like, okay, you just learned to talk. I'm not your real father.
3: <laughs>
5: not
1: yours.
3: <laughs> hmm,
5: want I to be? Can't
1: tell that's th- that. Yeah. Uh, you like, do have a father, as all humans do.
3: Who is a class <laughs> But act. I am
1: not him. No idea where he is. <laughs>
3: no.
2: Baron actually made a film about looking
1: for his real father. Yeah. Do you guys, I
2: don't know if you guys know that. Uh, What's it doc- called?
5: It was called Fatherless. Fatherless. A little documentary that I made. If you have Amazon Prime, you could check it out. Uh, Mike. Makes an appearance in it as well, um, yeah. Because the whole point of it is just that, like I'm a you know a person that grew up without a father. I was a fatherless black child, which is its own sort of I guess trope that comes with all these different stereotypes and assumptions. And I have never fit any of those stereotypes or assumptions. So that was what the whole point of it was was to. Kind Of break those ideas at, in, at once, and then also find my dad. That's who I am. I wasn't going to actually do it unless someone was like, Oh, we got to release it." Like, unless somebody was like, <laughs> you know, like someone was counting on me, I had to, I forced myself into yeah, a position to a do a it. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I love that
2: you had to deadline your yourself for e- finding oh, your exactly. biological father. Oh,
3: yeah, who cares about emotional readiness? Oh. Like, no, I Hollywood, don't want Hollywood. Cameras there.
5: Yeah. That's, that's
2: what I thought. You know, Hollywood it up.
3: Totally.
5: Yeah, but now we know each other.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you like from when I I saw it, and you were you were you were not angry at him, and he had his own issues, and you kind of just met as grown men.
4: Yeah.
5: Yeah, I wasn't angry at the time, and so
4: <laughs>
5: I'm just kind of showing up some of that lung lung capabilities that I have. <laughs> Did you mention my <laughs> thank you, Amanda? <laughs> I wasn't angry at the time. You know when I actually realized I had some anger was when I was expecting my child. Oh, wow. And him and I, wow. you know, are at this we're still kind of at like how's the weather like as a as a conversation cuz he's a stranger, you know, but he's my biological father. And so I was dr- I remember driving and we were on the phone. And uh, he was just basically like, well, you know, when you're, in the, when you're in the hospital and you're in the delivery room, he was wanted to give me all this cute advice about what to do. And I was just like, you literally weren't there. In my, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, don't you give me advice. I mean, he didn't say that until I hung up. And I was like, ah! I was like, oh, I do have some feelings about this. There, there is some anger there.
2: Well, he kind of brought it on himself, quite honestly. A little bit. You know,
5: um, we're not at the point where I think we can talk about that stuff mm. yet. Okay. Uh, is my little brother here? Okay. My new little brother lives in Austin. Uh, Darren Vaughn. <laughs> Come on. No, different last name. Waka waka flaka flame. But um Yeah, that's it. That's it. See, I love the Paul that it brought over this. Okay. Okay. So here. so I have
3: a question then to go off of that to kind of yeah. like help this gentleman who called, right? Mm-hmm. So, for you fatherless child, then what like if you did have a father figure in your life, how could they be supportive to you to sort of help you through that?
5: I mean, I think just being a father, you know, because I don't know that that child is gonna care as long as they have, like, love and attention, you know, and uh, support from these adults who are going to love and and support this child. That is really, when it comes down to it, all that is important. And if at some point this child gets curious, um, hopefully by that point they will have raised this child in a way that the child won't be afraid to ask that question. I was afraid to ask that question. Mm. We, kn- we didn't talk about this at all. My mom was very hurt, so literally the past was never brought up. I mean, I don't know where my mom was born. That, that's how little we talked about the past. Mm. So for me, it was kind of in my 30s, you know, um, it was kind of like, well, it's time to kind of try to connect to some of this history and these you know connect these dots. Mm-hmm. So I became curious, but not until my 30s. And this child might not care until their 30s. Who knows? but you you know you have he has the awareness and i think that's good for now but he doesn't need to like say something he definitely needs to talk to his wife about that because you know it, you know there's there's a lot of moving parts to the whole situation
2: do you think papa was a rolling stone is the catchiest song about a deadbeat dad <laughs> or is there a
1: better one woo um has got to be the best one
2: i think so that's got to be number 1 right i mean that line, too yeah. yeah
1: the build up that's, that's great up. yeah boom 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 it's it's not, dude, that song is not appropriately sad. No, it that's, is a,
5: <laughs> that's a getting ready for a Friday night song. It is. I mean, you know, I mean, don't forget that very bright positive line. And when he died, all he left us was alone.
1: Jesus Woo! Christ, yeah. that was the
5: hook. Let's get on the floor. <laughs> like disco ball. All he
2: left us was alone. Damn. Oh, that's my it's jam. It's so good. <laughs> It's one of those things where you'd be mad at your mother, but just like, fuck, did you write this? Yeah. <laughs> this is really good, Mom. Jesus, all the pain coming through. Yeah, that's what you need for a good song sometimes. <laughs> good. All right, well, I think to, to finalize for, for that guy, it's kind of just give, give the kid some space to grow and, and don't overthink it. Just don't worry about it too much, and, and, and the time will come. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yes, yeah.
3: definitely.
1: I'm also low-key afraid that this guy is really going to make it all about him. <laughs> so. Oh, so. that's a good point. Wow. So we're like, you know, let's... let. Oh, like
3: I championed.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it's all about his narrative and all about making sure that he has the appropriate amount of space and the other guy's yeah. not around. It's a bunch of ego shit that sounds like it might be in. Yeah, right. wow. it could be there. Like, yeah. hey, 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 I, I was here. He wasn't. Right. All right? Like so, I think he has to kind of just—if he—if he gives love in an egoless way, he should be fine. Give you love know what in I mean? an egoless Stick way to the child. There
5: you go. I like that Sylvester Stallone style. Your dad's coming over. Set up the table. We're going over the top. No one with me. <laughs> yeah.
2: On the arm just reference. A great okay, moment. your dad's here. Whoever wins is your dad. <laughs> History repeats itself. Try Trying. <laughs> Wait, shit. That's from Karate Kid. Forget it. <laughs> um, all, all those
5: right. '80s movies start to come to come one in your head.
2: Winner takes it all, loser takes a fall. Gotta take it all over the
7: top. Next call. <laughs> well, Matt and Amanda, it's Sally, the Queen of New England, Woo! calling in once again. I hope you're both doing well. I have a question for both of you. So, let's start with Matt. Matt, my question for you is, I've been doing a lot of great self-improvement. I'm not perfect, but I'm getting incrementally better. I've sort of like my motto has been to jettison the dead weight so hookups with guys who don't respect me that's gone like junkie food that's gone drinking is gone and i've been putting my energy into things that make me feel good like working on my music and exercising and hanging out with like my partners and my friends but no matter what happens i'm always one of two people i'm either the diva, who is always walking on air and just has this awesome swagger and feels like she can conquer the world. And that's where I get my best work done. And then there's the depressive, negative voice that's always just like, oh, you're you're, you're not shit and you're ugly and nobody wants you. And it's like, how do I tap into just the diva so that I can be unstoppable and just love myself and life. And my question for you, Amanda, is what equipment are you using to record and edit this podcast? Anyway, I hope y'all are doing well. Um, And just thanks for doing this podcast. I hope it's not weird to say, but I love you both, and you both rock. Take care. Bye.
2: <laughs> to be stereotypical, I got the girl question, you got the boy question. Hey. <laughs> to be stereotypical. What's like the
3: technical part, Amanda? Yeah. What are the feelings, Matt? Matt, well, Matt where are the feelings? Speaking That's as a diva, um,
2: Sally, for those of you who don't know, is uh, a marvelous trans woman who uh, called in about a, uh, eight she months. She was one of our first callers. Our first
3: callers, and uh, our community of listeners just loved her, mm-hmm. and she just keeps calling back yeah. with great questions. She drove
2: like three hours uh, with her partner to see me when I played Vermont, and uh, she lives in Providence, and she's in a punk band. and yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's, she's incredible, uh, and the music's great. Um but she, you know, it's kind of this this whole thing of of how do I get people to accept me for me, which is kind of the, the point is... of this whole show. Um, it t- it t- it's in a nutshell, uh, Sally. The the whole way to adjust the diva versus being depressive. Uh, <laughs> speaking as someone who understands both, I think it's um, it's just you have to reach a place where you kind of stop kicking your own ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, li- life is going to beat the shit out of you anyway. Always it will. Li- life is is. Is garbage sometimes, <laughs> and will we'll yeah. fucking wipe its ass with you. And so there's no point for you to kick your own ass. There's no point in beating up on yourself. And that's one of the hardest things that I went through, going through therapy, where my therapist's like, "Why don't you think you deserve that?" And I'm like, "Cause I'm nothing. I'm <laughs> trash. You know." And it's like, no, 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 you're not. And you have to kind of say that to yourself. Mm. It's almost like when I when I <laughs> let's let's make it happier. When I've <laughs> lost friends, when they've died. Um, The way I've kind of kept myself out of catatonic depression is go, what would this friend want me to do? Would this friend want me to be sad and to bang my head against a wall and tear my hair out and be uh, just despondent? Or would this person want me to remember the good times and to feel good? Because I know that's what I want for my friends when I die. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of finding that adjustment. I think Sally, you're kind of, you're kind of swinging too far between the two where it's, it's just either super high or super low and you got to find, you know, obviously a happy medium, but also just take a breath, take a breath. Part of of what
1: it sounds like to me to put even a finer point on that, it sounds like that when Sally's in her diva, uh, uh, space, she's feeling feelings that she feels like she's allowed to feel. Mm. You know, yeah. um,
4: mm, and like when that.
1: she's in her depressive state, maybe she's feeling feelings she doesn't feel like she's allowed to feel. You know, like yeah. and, and the thing is, you you have to give yourself, sp- give yourself space to feel all of your feelings. Yeah, and if there's something, it maybe is not the most agreeable feeling. You have to still, you know, let yourself have it so it can pass through you. Yeah, it's you know been that's I mean? been
2: such a hard thing for me where it's just like if you if I'm sad, I just have to let myself be sad and I don't right. want to because it sucks,
1: hurts. And, you know? and we and we judge ourselves for feeling yes. sad. We think yeah. it's not okay. Yeah, but it is okay because things happen to us that make us feel sad. Yeah, so we actually have to give ourselves space to have a sad moment, mm-hmm. and then it can pass rather than like pushing it down. Yeah, and you're just punching slices of pie in right. your face, and, yelling, and, "Suck it up, Buttercup!" Yeah, <laughs> and, and on top of that. You know, now you're not only just sad, you're angry at yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you have yeah. a multiplier yeah. effect. The judge, you, the,
5: the judge you, was where I was going to go. <laughs> yeah.
2: You've doubled the catatonicness.
5: I mean, when I was back in college, uh, uh, in theater school, <laughs> I mean, classically, uh. recently did Shakespeare. <gasps> um, how long ago? Long enough that I should stop talking about it. But. Is
3: that when you peaked?
5: <laughs> yes, it is. That was my muse of fire. Um... Yeah, the judge thing is where I was going to go, but I had a teacher back in uh, uh, a theater school that used to say, and this is my favorite piece of advice that she always used to give: beware having emotions about your emotions. Wow! Because oh, I what love it does, this is, and this is the opposite of what it means to be present, right? So to be present means, like Mike said, at all all the feelings you have in that moment, you are fully entitled to have that feeling. You don't have to think about the feeling. You don't have to judge yourself for having that feeling. And there's a thing about American culture, too, where we, we're like obsessed with always being happy. And so if we feel a negative feeling, we're like, oh, no, I'm not happy. Something's wrong. No, that's just how you feel yeah. at that exact moment. And being present means just being OK with that. And then you get to feel the feeling instead of having a feeling about your feelings. Because then you're sad, but then you're mad that you're sad, but then you're annoyed that you're mad that you're sad. <laughs> and then you're depressed that you're annoyed that you're mad that you're sad. Yeah. And then you think it's ridiculous that you're depressed, that you're annoyed, that you're mad, that you're sad. And all you do is just keep putting more and more layers, if you will, walls between you and the original core feeling. Yeah. But to be present means just to stick with that core and let it be what it's going to (laughs) be.
2: Wow. Well said. Well said. Woo! Good. Pulled that out my ace. I like how you pulled on the Shakespearean tights while you were saying that, for those (laughs) who are just listening to the podcast right now. That was, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I I, th- I think you nailed it. And so on to equipment. Uh, I
4: mean, <laughs> that's the thing.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Sally. But we don't really, I mean, we'll send her a message or well, something.
3: So yeah, yeah, but I it's
2: I, like, we don't Google. We don't really answer technical things. I mean, I
3: know what equipment we use. but Is it, I mean, I mean, Is it a Zoom? Yeah, oh, everybody uses a Zoom now for as your like your input. But otherwise, zoom, we're, so. uh, Rode came out with a whole series of equipment called Procaster, literally designed for podcasting. Oh, cool. And it. Has been phenomenal using that. So for Sally to go for equipment wise, yeah.
2: What's the company called?
3: Rode, R O D E. Okay, so Rode. Rode. Send us some fucking shit. Rode. Rode. Rode, Send great. us um, so much thank stuff. Thank you. Free
1: app. They do make great microphones. Free
5: um. Get, get <laughs> good. yourself okay, a good, okay, But good. is Sally asking for music purposes? Because she's a musician, right? Yeah, I think she meant for she's gonna do. No, like I think
3: she's starting a podcast oh, too. Oh, yeah. Of little. Uh, but so, so hold on. But I have to say, going off of your. uh being allowed to feel your feelings, because Sally, like, specifically is an artist and things like that, and I think as much as, you know, you have your high moments and you need to remember to save them and find some way to document it, in order to let yourself have those core feelings, I feel like, you know, moving to art as to help you process what the core feeling even is, is a really, really underrated avenue. Uh, Because I know for me, I've been going through a bunch of stuff lately and I know that I literally took a butcher paper 12 feet by 40 feet and just took giant, you know, Sharpie markers and wrote all over it until I got to like where the core of like fear of mortality of my inner child, how Hollywood is that, Uh, came out, you know what I mean? And like I think that, I think that, but I didn't know, right? I was so frustrated in how much I was beating myself up and where do I sit and where do I stay? That I just think, uh, especially for her, but I think for everybody, to find some kind of uh, creative outlet, physical outlet, that then like lets you go into your head to discover what the core feeling is, is really, really valuable. Mm-hmm. I think that's really valuable. Yeah. And and you know, we get a lot of calls too about. I feel like when people talk about depression, we get a lot of calls from the podcast related to like breakups and stuff. And you know, I feel like there is nothing wrong with binge-watching Vampire Diaries high, eating a carton of ice cream. You know, if that's what it takes to, like, get to, like, (laughs) the core of your loneliness, you know, like, let it, kind of, like, let it happen and don't be ashamed because it's it's an underestimated thing, like, private art and private moments. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think everybody has, like, great points of, like, Hey, you know that the core the core is there. Let it happen. Let it move through your body. So now all I'm saying is find that channel for it,
2: yeah, and Sally also mentioned alcohol, which is the cure for anything, but um, <laughs> no, I mean, I one, one thing I've kind of come to recognize with alcohol as I've gotten older is that it's basically anesthetic. Mm. It's fun, but you're basically numbing yourself and uh you know, you can numb yourself for fun, sure, but you're also numbing feelings. You're numbing uh, certain uh, you know, maybe urges, things like that. So just kind of when you drink, and drink especially to excess, go, what am I driving towards? What am I trying to drive away? Mm. And what am I chasing? Because my thing was always chasing. My wife and I just went to San Francisco for the weekend. It's a, we do it once a year. We just fuck off and just do whatever, and hang out. And uh, uh, yeah, it sounded like we just fuck. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, I just mean just like, hey man. Really,
3: Bobby Lee Gee. doesn't think ah, you do people that. People are just
2: getting up. I know, right? Can't <laughs> see you fucking. Bobby no, I just, just mean that's Bobby a great Lee. idea. living Bobby Lee. baby doll, said that. <laughs> yeah, um, Bobby
3: <laughs> Lee is like Bronger, You fuck? He's question like, mark. He's
2: like I can't imagine you fucking. I'm like, all right, little teddy bear. Um, <laughs> But uh, he, but I can't see me fucking either, quite honestly. But um, we, we just go and just do nothing but hang out with, with each other. And my thing was always like, ooh, San Francisco, it's such a great drinking town. And it is. But I would just be like, oh, we got to hit another bar. Let's go over here. That looks fun. And it was kind of like I, I, my thing when, I, when, I've dr- when I've been a heavy drinker is just like to binge, to kind of chase you know, the night and just go out and, and, and try to live it up. But all you're doing is beating yourself up. And if you kind of just take that breath and go, you know what? I don't need one, or I'm gonna switch to water, kind of thing. So, so Sally, it's cool that you that you've cut that out for yourself. Yeah, she's
3: discovered the saboteur in her own brain. Mm-hmm. That awareness. Is yeah, cool.
2: yeah. I think that's I think that's that's good and that's healthy because mm-hmm. I think most people, when it comes to, to alcohol, alcohol, a lot of us are like, oh, I mm, I don't know if I could ever stop that. And it's kind of like, hmm. Well, think about that a little. That's all, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and uh, yeah, that just really threw a. I, I just like I threw a bucket of ice water on the whole room. And like, you can't say that in Austin. People are like we're nursing yeah, a yeah, shiner we're, we're, box. We're like fuck drunk. you, man. We're all, tr- we're right all drunk right now. Well, but isn't it? Like- I, that, that is speaking as a man who had uh, Jameson and ginger before I get on stage. Yeah. So
5: I've been drinking hey. for three
1: straight days. Oh. Oh.
2: <laughs>
5: Jamie Ginger. Um, no, I just think that you're saying some deep shit. People are listening, right? right on. Cool. Oh, thanks. Thank Everything you, that you. we say is not necessarily funny. Yeah you got to accept when you're funny and accept when you're... Okay, I'm joking. I was trying to give the same I advice. I can't, Baron. No, I can't. No.
2: Uh, but you're right. You're right. It's like I can't, I can't let a moment sit. Like,
5: That's a comedian thing. Yeah, That's a very is. comedian thing. Like,
2: silence. Yeah. Where's the laugh? Yes. And then I shit myself. So why don't you just oh. yell that? Yeah. We I will. love... I think most comedians are fans of, of, of comedians who can just sit like that, and you're just like, it's weird. Like Tig Notaro. Oh, Tig could yeah. probably take seven minutes of silence, I think. Well, Tig you know? will
5: take seven minutes of silence and just make you laugh by looking at you. Yeah, that's true. Just like a different facial expression. Like,
2: why is this funny, but I'm laughing? She used, when I, back when I started out, I, used, I went on the road with her, opening for her, and she'd, she'd open by just moving the mic stand. Just oh, go, I remember that bit. No, it's over here. No, it should go over here for like a long time.
5: Everyone is quiet right now. They're yeah. like that couldn't possibly be funny. It but was. it is. It was it's great. Very, very it was great.
2: Um anyway, Sally, uh, you're a jewel. Thank you. And uh <laughs> hope that helps. Let's uh next call.
3: Next call.
6: Hey, Matt. So, I'm not saying I saw this in real life or not. But if you were just walking somewhere out and out and about in the world and you saw a severed dick, nobody just a dick what would you do? Would you call the police and have them escort the dick somewhere? Or would we just run away from it screaming? What would you do? Keep in mind this is only like 2% of the body, but it's still reasonable to call the police. What would you do?
2: Thanks for doing that anatomical math. And how much rewrite was done on that call? Because to escort the dick,
1: Escort (laughs) Escort. Escort a dick. Like
2: it's a a president in a limousine and there's people running alongside it. Secret service people escorting the severed dick. The snake has
1: landed. A severed dick in a motorcade.
3: (laughs) I'm I'm not saying I saw this, but But just wondering. If you did.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
5: They probably just watched that Lorena Bobbitt documentary. Oh yeah. No way? Okay, good. Um, References from 80 years ago. (laughs) I remember when it happened.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: What, the Lindbergh baby?
5: Yes. Okay.
2: Just throwing out cases. Oh yeah, just trying so to let's think get of, like, back to the severed scandals. wiener. <laughs> um,
5: yeah, severed wiener. What do you guys say,
2: Matt? Uh, wh- well, let's approach it sincerely. What would I do? I would, I would barf. And do you uh, barf
1: like on site when you see gross <laughs> things? You just barf?
2: If I saw just a dick, like you would cut barf? off on the ground, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I always thought one of the worst things you ever see is a ghost. Okay, the
1: worst because
2: yeah, no. Let me let me let me explain. Because if you see a ghost, then that means that's a possibility that can happen. Like you can end up, you can die in a Walmart, and ju- you just went in there to Haunt get directions. You would never shop at Walmart. Fuck Walmart. But you walked in there and you slipped and you broke your neck, and now you're haunting a Walmart for oh, all eternity. Fuck, like the idea fuck. that a ghost is a thi- like that's you can just w- wander the earth. Scaring people like in the same structure? Why are they always stuck in houses? That's they
1: can't not, leave the house? That doesn't make sense. Listen, what do they do in redevelopment? Like, do yes. the ghost hunt the, <laughs> they ghost haunt hap- the. W-
3: what w- happens?
1: What happens? Does he go know, with I the plank know, wood? I want to yeah.
3: know why ghosts are only like possessed children or like old Confederate colonels. Right. Like, yeah. where's like. Oh, the, that's oh, media oh, where's, representation.
5: Like, where's yeah. like
3: all the people who died in the 80s from cocaine right like, where are those ghosts yeah like those guy, are the ones i want a
2: ton of belly fat powder on his oh, nose
3: man.
2: scratching his balls and just his stained underwear <laughs> yeah
3: they're walking
5: and up, up and like down the halls
4: of bear
3: sterns like, don't worry guys it's just brian, <laughs> brian. <laughs> he's gonna move the mic stands a lot you yeah. know all night yeah. it's just what he does laptop
2: keeps opening keeps checking <laughs> the stock market <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, where is that ghost? But it was—it'd be—it's it, kind of like that. Where if I saw a dick, you have that—you have that thought of someone could cut your dick off, kind of thing. And that makes you
1: vomit. Yeah, that's trying that to get to the vomit. just—it's—it's—it's
2: it's, well, it's, it's, it's horribly gross, is it? I think it's also just seeing a penis without someone attached to it is pretty bad. Yeah, that's bad. pretty bad. Well, what's weirder,
5: covered in blood or no blood at all? Oh, wow, no oh. blood
1: at all. So that would mean like there's been some time. Yeah, and maybe maybe that the is, severed is, dick That was is that is just a, or
2: someone drained it. You someone know. drained it.
3: Uh, just like a new level Jeez. of CBT is what it is. Okay. What? Well,
2: I don't, I'm not saying <laughs> <What> they suck <laughs> the blood out, you weirdos. I mean, oh. they use like <laughs> a, a syringe to take out the blood methodically. Uh, Wait. Wh- Let's delve in more.
3: And. <laughs> I want, here. Here's the thing. I okay. would. I see, Okay. Initial gut reaction. I see sure. it on the road. Blood, no blood, doesn't matter. I need proof that that's what it is. So I would oh, find the poke. nearest stick.
1: Oh, you're going to poke <laughs> the dick. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, right, you have to. Right. flip it over. Right? Just kind of oh, like, and then yeah. when there was proof, then I mean, what do I do from there? That's
5: a good point. I mean, you know, how would you believe it at first? Would you be like, is that?
3: How do you identify that at first? It's pretty easy to identify a dick. Like,
2: this is
1: dick.
3: Let's,
2: let's be honest. It hasn't been there long. No. Because dogs are running around, birds. Oh, what if that's a what dog, what if that's you a d- saw a dog with a severed a delicious in his morsel. mouth? <laughs> Let's be honest. It was just, it just. It's tender. It was right? your
1: dog and it just showed <laughs> up at your door. I,
2: I, it's got no blood
5: in it, so it's soft. It's nothing but fat and all the flavors in the fat.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's barbecue town, right? That's a well-marbled piece of meat. <laughs> <laughs> a dog would have a,
3: a, a field day. That, a a I mean, that's what puzzles are. What? Pizzles? What
2: is a
5: what's a pizzle? <laughs> oh that's right. It's like a doggy choy. A, a dog yeah, toy. it's
3: like what, you know It's
5: with, like a
1: penis of a different it's like animal. Like a
3: dried bull penis. Yeah. It's a, that's no. like a common like dog chew.
2: Didn't know.
1: Okay. So the jerky people <laughs> so, have known about yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah, yeah,
5: So but that that's a very important question. Dick location. Yeah, where you found this dick? Street corner, you know, park, airport on ramp. Like it makes a difference. You know,
1: I think Starbucks. My answer was (laughs) yes. Starbucks bathroom sink. My answer was instantly and unilaterally going to be, leave the area, (laughs) right? But then I just thought about. I would call the police if the penis was in front of my house. That's that's about the only situation. Oh yeah. I would call the cops then. Other than that, I just get the fuck out of there.
2: Hmm. hmm I think I would call the cops no matter where the penis was
1: mm. I, don't, I don't fuck unless with police like unless I was like, like hiking
2: deep in the woods where I'm like I don't know I'll tell somebody later I'm well, if I was hiking feel.
3: deep in the woods and saw a severed penis I would run yeah I would run I would get the fuck out of those woods and then
2: you like see another one then another one <laughs> then another one
5: and then it leads up to a house <laughs> made of nothing but candy and you're like wait a minute I know this one is this True Detective season four
2: Oh, goodness,
5: how has
3: that a... not been a CSI plot yet?
2: It probably has just a guy walking around with a bag of dicks, <laughs> <Just> dropping them. <laughs> yes, like the if mad they, penis, longer. like Rip Van Winkle.
5: Just let me just bury this one and
2: he shall grow.
1: Okay, good. I'm glad he's we planting, can disturb everybody. He's
2: planting penis trees. Is yes, of course.
1: Okay. I trees. don't think trees work that way with penises.
2: Have you tried it though? Uh, but if you planted a text,
1: a testicle. A penis tree should grow, right? A that's, a would grow into oh. a penis. that's a seed. That's a seed. Yes. Has but anybody
2: tried this?
5: <laughs> <laughs> Probably I- Sir Isaac Newton, but you know. And no well,
2: let's let's dissect this a little bit. Not the penis. Hey. Uh, hey. No, th- this guy basically, obviously, fucking, please, did not actually find a penis, but was just having that thought. It was like, that's what I'll ask. Oh yeah. That's what I'll call well, he like ask.
3: asks it very serious. Very like, serious we, like we get these questions from time to time where people call in that are just absolutely hilarious, like this, but they're really serious about it. Yeah. <laughs> and those are some of the, those are some of the best. I mean, it's not like exclusively what we have, mm-hmm. but like when those come in, those are terrific.
5: I I don't think this person saw this. I actually now believe they didn't see it. Yeah, I believe yeah. they're sitting
3: there with their buddies and they're wondering. Yeah. And we had some guy call recently who was all like, um. We even a possum in our attic, and we were doing LSD, and we decided to box it. We put on boxing gloves. Yeah, Do you he, have any ideas? Well, he was like like he, <laughs> he asked us,
2: he asked us all the ways, like how, how they get, how rid to it, get rid of it because they couldn't. The, the landlord wouldn't pay for animal, uh, yeah. well, like uh, an exterminator. But I said like animal control. Animal. But he he was he said they they, they took a bunch of acid there, and he was like, I know, and he strapped on boxing gloves and he tried to and he went, in the,
3: to, attic. And he went in the attic and tried and to punch at first it. First,
2: we were laughing because we thought he was just you know, socking it. But I think it was just, he could pit, try to pick it up. But yeah. Even they have yeah. like needle teeth that
3: yeah. you can't. They're, they're mean.
2: They're mean. They're mean.
5: They're
3: so mean. And super so gross. So how could, how could, yeah, how can, yeah, I don't know. And then we were talking about how you got to get on the ground to punch it. We. This was, this was really well thought out. <laughs> but, um. so back to this dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. I, yeah, would you call the police or I, here's the thing. I have so many questions for this guy that are really really bad. Um Here's the thing. I would call the police out of the sheer pride to my friends that this is what I found.
4: Oh,
2: okay. You
5: mm-hmm. think if I was. had
3: to like go there now, like now I'm going there because you know at first you're like, "Oh, like how big is it? Like how do you even recognize it? Like is it kind of a chode?" Because yeah. then I might get scared and like kick it in the I bush. I wonder like
2: how many guys out there like me like you probably wouldn't find mine. I mean, yeah. come on. You know, when you're scared. Like someone's cutting your duck off. You're like, no, it it's going to shrink up. You know.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn so, you up. Like, like, you're not going to be at full That's like it's right.
2: That's like best, best Like a really big raisin. At, yeah. At, at, <laughs> not a prune. <laughs> a prune,
3: yeah.
4: Yeah, it's a, date, a prune, a not a date. plum, because
2: the it's juice a, is gone.
5: Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel personally that I don't have an answer, but I would know in the moment. <laughs> yeah, My gut would be like, you got to call the cops, mm-hmm. you know, or you got to call Nancy. Whoever it is that I know might need it, uh, or I'll
2: run. Yeah.
3: Just, just no, ric- like, rigamortis would kind of suck to find, like, a rigamortis. Would it, though?
2: Would it, like, literally stiffen? I don't mean like that, but, like, <laughs> would it just become, like, a root kind of thing?
3: Yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> like a husk?
3: Imagine the cop. Imagine, of the the cop got, imagine the cop who got called in to come pick this thing up for evidence. Yeah. <laughs> De- definitely, they'd send the rookie.
2: Like, yes, yeah, send Steve. Send Steve. It's his first there you week. Go. Perfect. Go check out what's in, what's in the woods. Yeah.
3: Uh, so mm. Yeah. I, th- I, I, like I hope that helped I you I feel guys. like we beat that. And I really <laughs> hope
2: you didn't find a penis. I really, <laughs> really hope. All right. Uh, you didn't. Um, so now we're gonna try something new where uh, we have a, a helpful volunteer. With mic in hand. So if anyone needs any hand. advice, just raise your hand and we will and do we are our willing, best yeah. to solve any problems you have. You can also throw a question out. Uh, it's, there's no judgment here. Uh, yeah. There's a hand. Is there a hand over there? There's a hand. Thank you so much.
3: Awesome.
2: I can't see it.
0: Yeah, um, my wife, I, I have some issues. Maybe y'all can give me some advice, or maybe I'm young, I'm 23. And uh I have this issue with my wife where um her vagina either smells like fish. Whoa. Or like Oscar Myers, like turkey deli, or like that juice. You know what I mean? And she has like that summer's breeze, or is that summer's eve or whatever. It's Eve. Yeah. Eve. Yeah, eve. And <laughs> it doesn't help. That that and how do you like Get over that, you know what I mean? Because, like, you just gotta do it. You gotta go down and do it. So, sure. yeah. thank you. <laughs> A, okay. bullshit.
2: B, deal with it. Next. <laughs> <laughs> there we
8: um, so, I'm in an open relationship, and I'm wondering. Uh, I'm starting to feel like we might be getting too serious, and it might like end the openness. But I'm not ready for that yet. So what should I do?
2: Uh, so whose whose idea was the open? Was it the, was your gals? Uh, or your fellas? They.
8: Uh, we just talked about it. Okay. And I think they had already been before we had started. Okay. Uh, going out, but we were both cool with it, so we just went with
2: it. And it, it, the idea bothers you. Um. You just kind of tentative. Yeah, kind of. I think. Uh-huh. I mean, I
8: think we both want to retain it. As like an open thing, yeah. Um, but I think we both really like each other, so I don't really know where to go with that.
5: Uh, follow-up question: Def, de, uh, f- Define "open." I mean, uh, in the sense of, are you in a hierarchical situation, like where this is a primary relationship? Uh, are you trying to be in a kind of a like a triad, a druple, a V? The, are there different formations uh, to this? <laughs> polyamorous situation this is very serious stuff
8: <laughs> well we don't get into it that deep because it's you got it. to get into it that deep. no but I mean I think we would both say we're both our primary partners in mm.
2: okay, yeah I, I, I think it's, it's 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 freaky and it's scary um, I think you just have to be as honest as you can with yeah. them just just tell just say say it all like don't hold something back and then a month later go that fucks with me I, I am scared, and I hate this, and, and it, it makes me hurt. Like, say it all now, just barf it all out. I'm like that. I am. Uh, I try to be like a complete and open, utter open book with my wife, where I maybe share too much sometimes. Because I, for the first 30 years of my life, didn't share shit. Mm. I didn't talk to my friends about anything. I never told them when I was hurting. I never told them when I was sad. And I would drink way too much and take drugs, and was just like a, a secret mess. I was that person who on the outside was like, no, that's fine. That's, I'm cool. It's fine. And meanwhile, I'm just smashing my face through the walls of despair and not even thinking about it. So I think that's really all you have to do right now is just be as honest as fucking possible. That's that's where you start. Yeah,
3: cause, well, because there's nothing wrong with not being ready for a serious commitment. Yeah. There's there's nothing wrong with that. But, you you know, if you genuinely care about your partner, I mean, you got to have them aware of everything that you're at mentally like that's that's it's fair to you totally but then it's fair to them as well to decide what they want to do from that and you know there's no proper timeline for how fast or slow a relationship should be moving so if you're just like hey like you know this is just I really like you but like this just needs to go a little bit slower for me that's fine
2: yeah it sounds it sounds like right now you're not that comfortable with it so don't fight that yeah. You know, don't try to change who you are for that person. But hopefully you guys can uh, find some middle ground.
5: I mean, generally any relationship, I think is true of any, any, any structure. <laughs> uh, it's just a, it seems like it's just a series of same pagedness. Anytime yeah. you feel that you're at a crossroads, you're not on the same page. You always got to get on the same page. And you know what? Sometimes you might not be on the same page. And then you gotta figure that out. And sometimes it's a breakup, sometimes it's uh, giving more time, but it's always, 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 always worth it to actually talk about it. Because it's not gonna just magically, everyone's gonna understand each other. You yeah. gotta
2: actually talk about it. Communication, man. That's
5: yeah. really it.
3: And, and uh, you will always find somebody who's really into the situation you are. Yeah, they're out there. They're out there. Mm-hmm. If you wanna sever, you know, if you're into that. Maybe Safety. even eight of them at the same time. severing. <laughs> Somebody's in the All
2: right. Going back to the, the penis again. I am Thanks, man.
3: Appreciate love it. Love it. Thanks.
2: Anybody else in the back? Uh,
6: what do you do when your significant other is concerned that you're in love with grumpy comedians? I'll give you an example, like George Carlin, Bill Burr, <laughs> and so on.
2: <laughs> Wait, what? See, I, I didn't hear. You, it. What do you do when your significant other thinks you're in love with grumpy comedians, like George Carlin, <laughs> Bill Burr?
1: Are you in love with grumpy comedians?
2: <laughs> Look, I mean. Yeah, I uh, mean, everybody—you know—everybody you know, everybody loves a bad boys, to be honest. You know, everybody likes a grumpy. I remember when Napoleon Dynamite came out. Every dude who dressed up as Napoleon Dynamite went to a Halloween party, got laid. Like every true. one of them, because every girl wanted to fuck Napoleon Dynamite. He's just Ugh, fed up. Like it's just—it we're at- we're attracted to that. I, 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 and, and also, Napoleon you're talking about, Dynamite you're talking about two- is
3: your go-to bad boy. <laughs>
2: I think that metaphor. I think we're talking either. about the archetype here.
3: He
2: just—what I'm saying is there, there's a removal, there's a distance. He doesn't give a fuck about you, but you want to fuck him. Uh, and and you know, what with Bill Burr and and George Carlin, they're also incredibly funny people. That's also super attractive, and we like we like confidence. And if someone has the confidence to say fuck everyone, that's a lot of confidence, you know. So I don't I don't I don't think that's a bad or weird thing to be attracted to. So you know. I just don't go after Bill.
1: It's a thing, yeah. George only, is dead. Only one so. of them's alive, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, one and, left. unless you, like, you know, work really closely with Bill Burr, it probably shouldn't be a problem.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think you're good.
1: Uh, does your,
5: who, who is it that doesn't thinks you're in love with these people again?
1: Significant.
8: Up in the back. He, significant,
5: significant other. other. Significant does other. the significant other like these comedians? Yes, they
2: do. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, know. I don't think there's a problem. Just, I think he's kind of saying, "Is that weird?" And generally, our answer to almost everything is, "Nah."
1: So it's I, not think, really. yeah, I think, yeah, not lean in, whatever no, you're into, yeah, man. lean yeah. into it. You should dress up like George. Yeah. You know what I mean, like <laughs> Mr. Conductor. You know old, what I mean.
2: Like, <laughs> 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 dress up like '70s cocaine George. With yeah. like oh, a denim yeah. shirt, a denim jacket,
9: no shirt, just open. Yeah, oh, huge yeah.
3: belt
2: buckle, barefoot. She's uh, in for a
3: treat that night. There's
9: someone there in the back. Hey, guys. I just want to say the recording has been a really pleasant surprise, and I look forward to checking out the podcast. Um, Thank you. But I'll be moving in with my partner in about four months. And I'm just curious if you have any advice to kind of mitigate the dipshittery (laughs) with that situation. Have you ever lived with anyone before? Yes, briefly in college for eight months.
2: Romantically? Mm Mm-hmm.
9: Okay. my
2: I hadn't lived with someone romantically until I think I was forty honestly, and uh I know that's that's young but <laughs> no it's, it, I was that stunted as a person um uh, I, I was that typical guy who was always kind of you know I don't want to take that next step and things so the fact that you're on your second it's a, that's that says a lot about you that's very cool and um just just. Understand that one of the most important things in life is not only to comfort each other, but space. Give each other space. Take some time for you. Go get an ice cream by yourself. Um, let them do what they want to do. Uh, my wife travels all the time. I travel all the time. And it, it's hell sometimes, but sometimes it's the best possible things. I mean, that's just really it. Just give each other as much space and, and just be there for the person and, and, and uh, listen. Like a motherfucker, because you're a guy. So make sure to listen. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. if all of your stuff turns into us, like all of it, you two will lose yourselves completely. So to have, you know, it's not like a this is my food, that is your food. I mean, the refrigerator is obviously a shared space. But like to have sections where it's like, yeah, this is kind of like mine. This is where I go do my hobby. This is yours. This is where you go do your hobby. And then like, you know, we kind of have this nice conglomerate middle space is you know wonderful and then i also think that people really underestimate when they move in together date nights people you know you hear people reference this all the yeah. time where you stop dating but i think the reason why it's brought up so much is because people stop dating and their partner they stop wooing and it really does kill it
2: yeah date date night is <laughs> is super important i love date night and also my wife and i have like if, if you have the space get a get a big fucking couch. You can get one for not that expensive, more expensive than a smaller couch. Get a giant, (laughs) giant couch. Giant couch. We have like a horseshoe-shaped couch almost. That's a good shape. That we call, we literally call it. It's a good luck shape. Thank you. We call it Pangea after the (laughs) original first continent. (laughs) Pangea? Yeah. And uh, uh, I say everything wrong. <laughs> yeah. i going to turn in my resume.
3: This bitch don't know about uh, So, yet.
2: And we yeah. will lay on either side of it, and we can't reach each other. And it's awesome. <laughs> but that, Get that. Matt's
5: question actually goes into my follow-up question, which is how big is the space that you're about to be cohabitating Good question.
9: Forward. Yeah, we checked out apartments uh, three weeks ago, and we're looking at uh, one that's about 1,100 square feet. Uh, and then another one that's slightly larger at like thirteen hundred square feet. Yeah, Not how bad. How that's how good that's, size. that's a great yeah, yeah
3: that's, that's, that's a great space. Yeah.
9: And I, I just want to say if she's listening to this recording later, that whatever universe there's Bob Dylan's, like I hope there's Kathleen's. Oh
3: Damn. That's right. Damn. That's awesome. no, it's it like, like an old school radio shout
2: out. out. Good but job. musically we are, ma- we are far better than any Kathleen's. <laughs> Still, zone musically. She's we don't know nice, Kathleen's but. music. We don't know Kathleen's music. Uh, we're we're at the hour mark. We're gonna do like a couple more if we have them. Anyone else have a? There's one more. Yeah. Right there? Oh wow. Okay. A bunch. It, hey. Good. I <laughs> okay. love it. So let's 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 bang these out, guys.
8: Okay. Uh, so, um, uh, my question is: What non-cliche advice do you have for an intermediate level comedian?
2: Uh, just uh, do it as often as you can, and most importantly. Do the stuff that you think is funny. Don't make the mistake of looking at an audience and go, oh, they want to hear about this. They wouldn't be into what I'm into. Bring them into your head. Have them look at things through your eyes, because you're in control. You've got the mic. And that's what they want. That's what I want when I see a performer. I want someone to just like, don't worry. I'm not, even, I'm not here. Just give me you. So uh, basically, give, give them your perspective. The obvious example I use is sometimes people see a crowd of very old people. And go, oh, they don't want anything blue. They don't want what we call dick jokes, and dick jokes just means anything filthy. By the way, it doesn't have to be about dicks, but uh, in in comedic parlance. But if you say like dirty like material to an old crowd, oftentimes they love it because they grew up being told never laugh at this shit, never. It's bad, and so they get into it. They're like, ah, I'm allowed to laugh at this now. I'm an adult. Um, so just basically, re- just I guess it's obvious, but just just. The stuff that makes you laugh—that you're maybe thinking no one will enjoy—is the shit you should do. Uh,
5: and for me, that's great advice, of course. Um, and for me, I would say uh, you gotta identify what you believe your process is, and learn how to kind of ride that. Like when you ride a, like for instance, right now I really hate myself, which means that I am <laughs> in the I'm in the process of coming up with new material, and then. In a couple months, I will start to get laughs, and I now know when I hate myself, I'm like, oh, wait, I'm writing. That's why I don't feel confident on stage, because I, I, these jokes aren't tested yet. And just that thought, that, uh, that awareness helps me not hate myself, but realize that I need to, now that I know that I'm in this stage, I just need to lean into
2: that. And if you're not doing a paid gig, go ahead and fail, fall on your face. Because the Nothing's thing is, better than failure. we always remember when people kill. We rarely, rarely remember when someone eats shit. We don't really think about it when they, when they bomb. It's almost like erasing, like how shock erases the memory of an injury from your brain for them, in a way. Um, yeah. Uh, hope that helps. Next question.
10: Hi. Uh, my dad hit me up uh, a few weeks ago. He doesn't call me regularly, and he mentioned that he has a failing kidney. And I was asking him about it, and he started eating hamburgers and French fries and a lot of shit. And he's been traveling, and he'll, he'll eat McDonald's. And when I was a kid, he ate a lot of health food and a lot of hippie shit. And so he didn't ask me, but he's insinuating that the only kidney that will work is the kidney of somebody he's related to who's young, healthy, and handsome. And so. <laughs>
1: Put, put the spotlight on him we need to check I can see he's a good looking <laughs> dude just make sure. he's uh-huh. a striking man
10: so I right now i, I don't I don't really want to give up a kidney if I have kidney failure in my family because yeah. I might I might have to deal with that in 30 40 years myself so um, is this worth giving up a kidney or am I feeling is what I'm feeling legit yeah uh, that's that's a God that's
2: scary man I'm sorry uh, and I'm sorry for what your father's going through. I think you basically just have to tell him this and go, I mean, what are you going to, just be like, what are you going to do? What's your plan? Don't say, hey, were you wondering if, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't say it like that, regardless. <laughs> the Next thing you way.
3: know, he like has the classic wakes up in a bathtub of ice. Full of ice. <laughs>
2: Dad! Yeah. Yeah.
4: Why? Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I, th- I think just, just start the conversation and see, because there are, Lots of other options. I'm sure you have yeah. other relatives. I'm sure you know. Yeah, there are people.
3: You know, uh, a lot of times you read about these like Indiegogos and things like that, where somebody said, "Hey, you know, are they promoted it enough on social media?" Of, "Hey, I have a family member. These are there, whatever, looking for a match." And you hear these stories mm-hmm. now about like community awareness that builds around that. Uh, Like, I read something recently about, like, needing a bone marrow transplant, and they had promoted it so well in, like, their community that there was, like, a line of, like, 3,000 people in the rain to test to see if they were a match. Like, there's people out there really willing who are, like, really moved by this, that the whole thing is just creating an awareness and finding that match. So, I know that your dad is leaning towards somebody genetic, who's a genetic similarities because... Probably you're more likely to find a match, but that's not like an exclusive thing at all. Mm-hmm.
5: Follow up question. Uh maybe I'm projecting onto your tone, but uh <laughs> <laughs> is there a little tension between you and your father?
10: Well he gets on my nerves. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah he well he was so like he calls him, he only calls him so much. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: he, I, I, he, he led with, with basically he doesn't he's been calling him more lately. So that's why I mm-hmm. think uh, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, oh fuck, yeah,
3: that's, I, yeah. Nobody wants to like, yeah. uh, then, then it's like, oh, I have an entitlement to you because I made you. And, and, that's, and that's not a good feeling to have.
2: That's the weirdest. Just cat. So how you been? Like, I haven't talked to you in a while.
3: Yeah, yeah, just, ah, um,
2: uh, my back hurts. Um, <laughs> Dad, what? Lower back, weird, right side. I am. <laughs> Do you have pain? I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, uh, I, I hope that helps. I, I think it's just—it's just start the conversation. Just understand you don't owe him anything.
1: And and I think that you know there's a there's a way to look at stuff like that where um, some people think oh you should definitely do that because it's family. Like there's a societal um, moral uh, judgment on that kind of thing, which is cool. That's valid. But then you as an individual living that particular experience are allowed to feel however you feel about that. You know, so yeah. if, if you don't, if you aren't comfortable with that, you just aren't. And you're going to have to deal with how society feels about that. You're going to have to deal with how you feel about that. But you're still allowed to have that feeling.
2: Yeah. And be honest with yourself. We, we had someone call in once whose uh, father was shady to him growing up. And he, this guy now has a family and a couple kids. And it's, his dad is now like, well, I want to hang out with the grandkids. And, and, like, I'm losing my house. I want to move in. And we basically <laughs> told him, like, don't let him. If you don't want to, if he's a, and he's a, he, the guy said his father was a toxic individual and 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 a, and a presence and it's just like, no, you know that's that's an extreme version. That's not yeah. your situation. Yeah, that was like. Yeah. But it was just this thing where you you we all have our own lives and you, you don't have to. You yeah, know.
3: that was an episode about boundaries and that gentleman actually ended up calling back later yep. saying you know thank you for you know just kind of clarifying I needed to be right in myself and I needed to set these boundaries.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just boundaries are very important. Yes.
2: <laughs> uh, no. Do we have another one? Oh, yeah. There you
4: go. How many more are we going to do? Because I feel that these, the gender more, ratio is, we'll is a little, little thank skewed. Thank you yeah. so
2: much.
6: Let's have Ann for our volunteer, Yay. by the way. Hi. So I'm very much enjoying your show, so thank you. Oh, thank um, you. thank you. So, I, to, very recently, it's pretty raw, had an experience where uh, Someone was very bigoted towards an identity which I, with which I identify, and it was like a very casual, like, it was a friend of a friend, and we were passing, and like she was about to be out of my life forever. The person who did this, and I didn't say anything. I just kind of let it ride because I didn't want it to ruin my night. And then now, of course, I'm thinking through. Also, I was kind of in shock, and now I'm kind of thinking through: was that the right thing to do? So I'm curious to hear. Do you? always need to educate or sometimes is it okay to just be like get the fuck out of my space
2: you, you got yes you know you got yes. it right
6: yeah. yes. Wait, yes
2: and and by the way the white male spoke up first
5: okay. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe you white splained it
4: <laughs>
5: Matt
1: splaining is that a thing Matt-splaining. Matt-splaining? Matt-splaining. that should be the
5: name Math- of the podcast Matt splaining yeah. uh no, I, I mean, Matt's correct, you know, because that's, that's what's so sinister about experiences like these, is that they literally wear on you. They become baggage that you have to, that give you literal anxiety, because you cannot let go of a moment where somebody said something or did something fucked up, and then you have to stick yourself in that moment. So then somebody does that to you. What you have to do, in in my opinion, you know, Obviously you didn't say anything at that point, but the next time you will have to make this decision again. And if you don't say anything, that's also a valid decision because it's just, it's about you living your own life. And you can definitely say, get the fuck away from me. Uh, my wife says that shit literally all the time. <laughs> just get the fuck out of my face. All right, what were we talking about? Mausoleums, right. So, but yeah,
1: I got, that's, that's what I gotta say. I think that like one of the things that is, um, one of the unspoken aspects of being uh, a minority in this country is you, we have, me and you have talked about this, a thing called a double consciousness. You have to be conscious of yourself as a person, but then you have to be also conscious of how you are perceived as a minority because when you are a minority, a lot of times you feel like you represent uh, the group. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You feel like your actions are representative of, of the many. Um, and with that, sometimes it feels like this responsibility to educate when it, when it comes to situations like that. But I think that we will know what equality is and we no longer feel that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think we all deserve to be able to just lead a regular life where you don't have to think about your identity constantly. Uh, and I think that sometimes you're going to have the capability to educate. And sometimes you just are going to want to have the space to live your life outside of that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there, well, there's a um,
2: uh, a shock jock, let's just call him, that, uh, that Rick and I were talking about, who, uh, no, no. He's just, he's kind of an unfunny guy, and you basically, I won't even say what city, but you basically go on his show to promote your, your stand-up that night, and he's just, he just says uh, awful shit. And um, my friend Kurt, was on there and the guy just kept saying all this really kind of, not exactly bigoted, but just kind of mean towards women, typical kind of uh, uh, just awful, unfunny stuff about women, uh, some things about you know certain religions and things like that. And Kurt was really mad at himself because he didn't say anything and he was calling himself a coward because he kind of was like, well, he would just parry. Instead of fight back, he'd just be like, well, I don't see it that way. Okay, you can, all right, yeah, moving on. You know. And he called himself a coward, and I was like, I I don't think you're a coward. I think you you realized, a, it's not worth it, and and, and b, you're not going to change this asshole. You're not, you know. And I think that's that's the first thought I had when you said that. It's just like you fighting back on this on this idiot is gonna it's gonna reinforce his viewpoint in a way. And so and then what is the point of you getting involved? So I don't, you know, think you have anything to be ashamed of. Obviously. So hope that helps. You know. Um, all right, two more. One, two. Great. <laughs> Matt, we can not take every question.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Hi, I'm Tom. Um, I'm getting married next year. And <laughs> Congrats. Congrats. Thank you. Um, and everything is really great. I'm very lucky. And um, I'm getting married to a, a British girl, but she's Chinese-born. And her entire family is in full support, except her mother who's um, refused to um, even meet me or uh, acknowledge my existence, for that matter, for entirely racist reasons. She just wants her daughter to marry a Chinese man. Um, and n- so far, we've kind of just been ignoring that. But now that we're getting married, I feel like whatever we do, we're doomed, because like, either she's not going to come to the wedding, which means that my to be, you might regret that for the rest of her life or she does and then we might have to like get a security detail which is ridiculous <laughs> for a wedding and like I'm not even joking, we've had to call the police twice on her oh. um, so it's an intense situation which I feel like we can only fail and uh, please
1: what's the, When you had to call the police, what was that for?
0: Yeah. Um, she um, tried to make her daughter break up with me um, and well, with a, a knife held at her face. Oh. Um, another time, she took her passport away so that uh, she couldn't go on a holiday with me, um, which is a crime in the UK where we live. Um, yeah, so that kind of joyful stuff. Well, uh, so your
2: question is
5: what
0: what, what to do. The, the question is what to do because yeah. so far, not doing anything was a good course of action. But, you know, weddings are really monumental events in your life, right? So, you know, not having Uh your mother there is hard. Having your mother there in that kind of way is hard. (laughs) Yeah, so, so now it kind of feels like it comes to a point where there does need to be action. And I'm just wondering what that is or if it's even on me because... In whichever way I get involved, I set myself up for failure. So it's kind of you. No, you should be proud of yourself,
2: and sh- your wife should be proud of herself. You guys should give your- yourselves a big hug because you're dealing with something really yeah. hard,
4: yeah. really hard. Because yes. I mean, there's
2: there, there's there's nothing better than love, and the, the fact that you guys have found it. Look, there there's I I mentioned this so many times in the show. My friend Eliza, who I grew up with, who's like my little sister. She at one point. Uh, she's four years younger than me, she at one point, you know, she's Jewish, she was like, she was like, I decided I want to marry a Jewish man. And I was like, good fucking luck choosing what your heart chooses, <laughs> you know? Uh, basically saying, like, you don't know what's going to happen. And now she she's married happily to an Indian man and has two kids. But she made this decision of just, like, along my, my heritage-based lines and religious lines, and I think that's noble, I think that's wonderful, if that's what you really want. But it's like, the heart is gonna make its own plans in its own way. So you know, the fact that your mother-in-law, future mother-in-law doesn't respect that, it's her problem and her problem alone. And there's no reason for you and the rest of the family to be holding that much weight and having to deal with that. So you say you're doing nothing. I don't think you're doing nothing. I think you're doing a lot. You're dealing with a lot. You're dealing with a lot of anxiety. I'm sure you're having trouble sleeping. I know I would. Uh, and and I just hope you you and your wife are giving yourselves a little bit of credit. And and your wife must be in hell. It's got to be so hard to have your mother t- tell you the person you love isn't good enough and, and is is an, is an outsider. And you know, I mean, Amanda, you were in a similar situation.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm like the classic. Um... Jew who ran away to Las Vegas and married a black guy. And so my whole family... Wow. Tale as old as time. Uh,
4: <laughs> yes. Uh,
3: so uh, that Disney went movie, over right? really well with the tribe. Um, he was not allowed... <laughs> he was not allowed in anyone's house. Um, he... W- w- it yeah, it wasn't like anything by knife point, but it definitely wasn't accepted or welcomed. And it took like five years until anybody would even kind of look at him. Um, so I have been there, and the best thing you can do is be there for her because here's the thing, she chose you, period. And like the family's gonna have a hard time because, you know, for them it's like blood, right? That's first, that's first, that first. And she just fucked that off. Um, so just the thi- the best thing you can do is just is just for her, and um, th- it's it's hard to say how it'll unravel from there. But like time really genuinely helps, yeah. it, it, but it does, like a lot.
1: It does seem you like know? ultimately, uh, the story here is the relationship that your fiance is going to have with her mother, like for the rest of their lives. Like that's the story, um, and unfortunately. Y'all's relationship is a part of that, and your wedding is going to be a part of that. Um, I think that you know, when it comes to whether or not you should get a security detail, I mean, maybe ev- y'all can do everything in your power to protect the sanctity of that moment. But that's just a moment in a long narrative of her relationship with her mother, and that's just going to be a thing that happens over time. And I think that um, it really is about her deciding what kind of relationship she's going to want that to be. Like, is she is she going to Do the work it's going to take to have a close relationship with somebody who doesn't approve of her choices like that, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's that's gonna that's gonna unfold over the course of a long time. Like the answer she has today might not even be the answer she has three four years from now.
3: Right, right? especially when like grandkids start kicking in too, you know. Usually then, for some reason, grandkids tend to like bring in a point of compromise. It's really fascinating how that works out.
2: My my buddy Raul had a joke about why the Old Testament's so much darker than the New. It's because a kid mellows you out. (laughs) <laughs> Love that joke. Uh, but uh, <laughs> not my joke. Raul De La Cruz, everybody. Chicago's own. Uh, but it, it, bottom line, man, anything worth having is worth fighting for. And so you guys are fighting for it. So just give yourself credit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All
8: right. Uh, one more. Last that gentleman one. there, he's been Last waiting a long one. time with the hat. Yeah. Thanks for taking the question. I appreciate it. Sure do. Uh it. Baron, I have a really similar story. I grew up without my dad around. Uh, my parents split up when I was like a baby. I do know who he is. He contacts me like every few years just out of the blue with like crazy shit, like crazy lies. Like he made up a sister, made up a fake profile for her on LinkedIn, and then was like, hey, I'm your sister. And I was like, nah. Um, so also, he's also black, and I look like me, so just to add that wrinkle. Um, what would you say? What would, what would your advice be? Should I try to have a relationship with him, let it go? What do you think? I mean, this
5: sounds like a this sounds like a clear and cut case of let it go. Um, <laughs> this, clearly, this person, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I hate the qu- quote frozen, but like, um, no,
2: you don't. You love it.
5: What I'm a wanna, um, so different thing. Obviously, yeah, that's that's rough. I mean, oof, that's very manipulative. It's very dark stuff. Clearly, uh, this person is still very um, disturbed in some sort of ways. Um, you know, there, were, there was talks about boundaries before. I think that you have all the right to say, stop contacting me, you know, um, because it sounds like it is a emotional, psychological drain on you in a lot of different ways. And, you know, you got to live your life. Your father's got to figure out his stuff, I think, way more before you open the, the door to him. Because you know, d- again, just this whole like, oh, I'm related to him. It's, it it doesn't matter if they are dealing with some stuff that has nothing to do with you that they start bringing into everything that has to do with you.
4: Yeah,
2: it doesn't matter if, you're, if you if if he's your dad if he's catfishing you. Like, what was gonna <laughs> what was gonna happen when you show up? Like, he okay, here's the thing. There's no sister. You. I'm Ron. Like, the fuck Get away from me. We're not. This is not the way to break the ice. He's going. He's using devious tactics to create a relationship out of desperation. And I I think that. That show that that shows a a, a definite lack of character. He's got to work on that. I think maybe, you know, when the next time he reaches out, just say how you feel and just go like, I don't want you to contact me, or uh, here's here's how I feel. You know, uh, think about it before you write back, kind of thing. It, and it, but it, again, it's just all up to you. You don't know that guy anything. And I'll um,
5: give and I'll give you. I'm sorry. To, I'll give you some credit as well, because clearly you, you are you're letting the door be open. So if not now, then maybe in a couple of years, but again, it seems like he's got a lot of stuff he's got to figure out on his own yep. before you can get involved
2: with it. Like my mother, Jane Bronger says, "Life is long." So you know, think of it that way. Um, and on that, thank you guys for being with us. Amanda Rosenberg, Baron Vaughn, Open Mike Eagle. I'm Matt Bronger. Thank you guys for being here and being a part of the first live show. Thank you, folks.
1: Advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. It's Advice from
4: a Dipshit, from a dipshit with Matt Fronger.